Welcome, everybody, to a casual episode, episode 70 of the Two on Three podcast, where two of your friends take on three topics in 30 minutes. You should follow us at Two on Three Pod on Twitter, and you can send us email at Hello. Hello. At 213pod.com, you know how much we love to hear from you. I'm Chris, and you can catch me auto retweeting any and all peak Sean Kemp highlight footage at CD Villasenor. And with me is Ty. Is there anything that uh, garners the auto retweet from you? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I'm not familiar with Sean Kemp highlights. <laughs> it's just my inability to speak because it's casual. No, but yes, can... if, if Sean Kemp highlights come across. I'm always like, oh, I gotta retweet this. Yeah, I support that practice, and I do. I do the same thing at SEATJK, and I have terrible news for you. What's that? One of my daughters got one of these noisemakers, and I've decided to bring it to the podcast to make it extra obnoxious. Oh, good God! <laughs> you excited? No, I am. <laughs> Holy Christ! <laughs> We 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 have turned down a very very dark road. This was supposed to be the casual episode, and now it's taken a dark and horrible turn. Oh well, what are you gonna do? I think it's it, fun. <laughs> on the show tonight, we're gonna talk about you know, can you be a casual environmentalist? Um, in segment two, which Amer- are Americans too casual about their bedtime? And then we're going to casually wrap up our bit from last week where we talked about um, actors and their best scenes, performances, or defining scenes and performances from a personal point of view. In the OT, we have uh, the Djatwa, of course, and uh, a little tip of the cap to uh, one of our fellow pods. But anyway, um, to start the show, I think everybody who's listened to the show for some time knows that I have... I don't, is it bathroom? Is it a bathroom hang-up? What's <laughs> so your hang-up? I don't know. I have, I have, I don't even know if it's anxiety or whatever, but etiquette. Like, when you go to the bathroom at work, there's etiquette. There are rules we must follow. The unwritten rules of using the workplace bathroom. Yeah, my issues are primarily about, you know, give me my space and... Wash your goddamn hands. Right, right, exactly. So this might fall into the first category, and it's never happened to me. All my year, or maybe I just never noticed, but I was in the bathroom <clears throat> just the other day, standing up at, at the urinal, just minding my own business, and a gentleman walked by, and he must have had to pee really bad because he had to... You have. I was in the first, uh, the first urinal, and he walked behind me to the next urinal, but... Right when he was behind me, he unzipped his pants. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm going to have to call. I'm going to have to throw that out. Please throw that away. <laughs> this is awful. What a, we're like, we're like, we're like, dying Chris in the morning. Woo! <laughs> that thing needs to be, this is the last, this is the last button push if you push it. Now please, now please throw that fucking thing across the room, or, or I can't do this show. It's honest to God. I told you it was bad news. That that thing has to go away, and fast. Continue. I can't. I can't believe you're. I can't. I can't believe you're the one who's enjoying this so much. It's Are you enjoying it? Because I'm pissing. Because it's pissing me off, and I never get pissed off about anything. 
It's, that's definitely making me, that's killing me right now, yeah. <laughs> You're genuine disgust. Oh, continue. So he unzipped No, his no, I, I'm not continuing until you throw that thing across the room. All right, I'll this save is it like for a the... no. This is like a bank heist. No, I'll you're not saving it. No, save it for the dead. Okay, all right. I'm I'm logging off. I'm logging off. Continue with if your you unzipping throw, story. If you don't throw that thing across the room, I can't. my hands are empty. All right. If I see that thing come out again, man, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God. Anyway, so he's walking behind me, and he. I hear and he has a loud zipper or something, and it was quiet in the bathroom. But he unzips his pants, like, and I hear it, like, right behind me, like, <laughs> and it was off-putting to say the least. I mean, so, so what? What is the rule? I think you have to walk up, position yourself to go pee, and then you may unzip your pants or do whatever you need to do. To begin the peeing process, you can't unzip your pants four steps from the urinal and just walk across the work bathroom in some some state of undress. I generally, I think, tend to agree with you here. Um, I'm not. I don't know if I'm as sensitive <laughs> to the concern as you might be. Um, but I will say that it's one of the reasons that I, I really enjoy my corporate environment, which plays ambient music in the bathrooms. See, this nowhere is else good- in the office. It's a good but idea. It's great. I mean, it's terrible music, you know, like Third Eye Blind and Bon Jovi and sure, but <laughs> it should be loud. I mean, even the Japanese have figured out that you know your 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 toilet should make noise, right, to cover up the unpleasant noise of going to the bathroom. Yeah, and you know nobody's in there like oh, I mean, there's only there's very few times you're in, the, in the restroom and somebody's having a tough time and it's just it's unbearably funny. It's like well, that's unfortunate, and I hope I don't have to use that stall at any point. Right. But okay, right. I mean, yeah, the, probably you know, keep the hog show to a minimum. <laughs> like I think that's a general rule, and I don't begrudge anybody who has to pee bad. You yeah. know what I mean? Like maybe maybe it was an emergency. I get that, but what 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 occurred to me as it happened was I can't recall this being an issue. But maybe it was because it was so quiet and it was just me in there, and his zipper was so particularly loud that that you know you're just. I was just thrown off by the the sound of it and the position the sound came from. Sure. I mean, nobody Which, wants to be trying to relieve themselves and then suddenly find themselves in an episode of Oz. <laughs> right. So. It's like the Shawshank Redemption in there all of a sudden. So anyway, I think it's a point. As a point of bathroom, work bathroom etiquette, try to be close to the urinal before you unzip. These so, modern pants, though, with their technical zippers the zippers are much louder these days is that is that what it is i think it's part of it yeah if he's wearing like some i don't know some sort of mixed mode tra- trousers that are you know some performance trousers yeah I don't they know, have like, those like really like thin zippers like i have certain coats and stuff where it's just like the zippers just loud as shit yeah i don't know <laughs> anyway it was off-putting but uh what are you gonna do i don't know S- speaking of ruining your pristine environment I can't let a good segue go by. Right, right. In our first segment, can you be a casual environmentalist? And now you're the one who started the story in the I Ching, and so tell, tell, go ahead and tell, bring us up to speed here. I'm gonna tell this carefully because right. it involves a current coworker, and I don't know who listens to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thousands of people who listen to this podcast. Um, so I don't get back to corporate that often, a couple times a year, but I was there a couple of weeks ago, and. The office is pretty well decked out, as you might expect from a modern-day technology company that is heavily invested in its employees' well-being. Um, 
And that means that, you know, there's a wide selection of beverages in the fridge. There's some good coffee options. I take a lot of pride in being the guy that busted out the manual on my phone to fix the espresso machine that was there. We might have, I might have mentioned this already, but I'm very proud of it. So if I'm saying, if I'm telling the story again, so be it. <laughs> it was very on brand for me. People are like, oh, that doesn't work. I'm like, the hell it doesn't. Right. I'm fixing this thing <laughs> yeah. right now. There are written instructions on how to fix whatever this error is on the screen somewhere. And I'm going to find them and I'm going to fix it. And then I enjoyed my espresso. But my point is, is that there's clearly a water bottle filling station that also inclu- includes like uh, fun round little ice, you know, the, the, the pellet ice. Okay. And, you know, I think everybody likes pellet ice. It's, it's a, <laughs> an uncommon thing, right? I've looked into like how much it costs to buy just a pellet ice maker. And that alone is like $500. And I'm like, no, I guess I'll just have regular ice. Thank you. <laughs> you want to feel like you're at the movie theater? Like yeah, having the, like you know, pellet ice? Or the-, the round table pizza? i like to bring back that uh that 1988 feel so there's plenty of places to fill a a reusable water bottle the thing that and again living in the northwest the thing that most people that i interact with use on a regular basis now that's not to say that there aren't plenty of people around there buying plastic bottles and not giving a shit about what single-use plastics um i mean I, I don't know what, what their news sources are, but the news I read says there's plastic in literally everything. It's falling down from the sky now, so uh, maybe not using it is beyond the pale at this point, but I still try to make an effort. I also like to use my bottle because it's, you know, insulated and, and uh, I can put ice in there with the water. Anyway, one of our coworkers uh, at the lunch break of the meetings we were in, I saw him carrying an armful, we'll call them, of 12-ounce water bottles. Arrowhead or whatever, right? The, like the, just the grocery store. Six, six or more. He had four. Okay. And I, my, uh, my assumption was that since we were having a group lunch, that he was grabbing a whole bunch for people, so there'd be some waters. And then throughout the afternoon, I watched him drink four bottles of individual single serving water <laughs> over the course of the afternoon, and then just I'm just looking at these bottles like right on the desk near me, and I'm I just feel sad. And it's one of these things where I don't have a good option here, right? Like, I, I've gone over what... Well, first of all, this person is senior to me, so it's not the kind of thing I really want to broach anyway because of the politics of the workplace. And if it was my direct manager who I have a good relationship with, I would I kind of would like, what are you doing? <laughs> but, sure. but, but in this case, I sort of like, I'm not going to say anything, but I wanted to, right? I just want to like, this seems unnecessary. And I, I've decided that, that we... So we all got, actually, when we started this company, they, one of the things they give you in your new employee kit is a, a branded company water bottle. A right. Nice one. That's a, that's a, that's typical swag. That's a typical first day swag kind of thing. For sure. Which is, and it's a good thing to have. It, it's, I keep it with my travel bag and you know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm definitely the kind of a collector who, I, when I have something of utility, I don't want to have one that I have to carry all around. I like to get one that's everywhere I need it. I don't have to find it. Right. Right. <laughs> Just, right. 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 There's a bottle here. There's a bottle in the car, whatever, you know, so, so on and so forth. And, I decided my only possible reasonable recourse in the situation was to be basically be as passive aggressive as I could. And I did not even do this, but because I didn't really consider it till afterwards, but I could have been like, you know, Hey Bob, did you get one of these cool water bottles when you started the company? (laughs) I think that's my only like reasonable way to sort of try to rein that in. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a hard thing to broach with strangers. Sure people like you don't know very well like those kind of habits the uh i know that you know we try at our house to not i mean we have a flat of water in the 
in the in the garage, but it's only used in very you know very sparingly. Right. Right. So we're trying. We we do the same thing. I love a good water bottle. In fact, we probably have way too many. Right. <laughs> we probably need to thin the herd at, at some point. But um, but that's a that's a it's a funny thing to try to to try to push people in that regard, like to try to steer them in, you know, a certain direction, especially if they have those kind of habits. But, uh, but water seems like the low hanging fruit of this. And if we're talking about being a casual environmentalist, I think the, I think the first thing to do is just get a reusable water bottle. I mean, that's, that is, that that really is low hanging fruit. And for this segment, I'm just, I was trying to think of other things that were the sort of the low hanging fruit of environmentalism, right? Like what, you know, what, what, uh, you know, how do you, how do you go about being, can you be a cat? First of all, can you be a casual environmentalist? I know a lot of people will say you're either, you're either pushing people to change their habits or you're not. And if you're not pushing people to change your habits, you couldn't call yourself an environmentalist, even though you are following certain practices yourself. I don't entirely believe that. <laughs> I think that you could be self, I think you could be conscientious, a conscientious consumer, and and not push it on people and still consider yourself thoughtful about the environment. Yeah, but I think if you're going to call yourself an environmentalist, it, but it does at that point sort of imply that you need to advance the cause beyond just your own sphere of individual influence. Does it? <laughs> I would think so. I don't think so. I if think you're you a can... feminist, aren't you not advancing the causes of women? You're not a feminist if you're just making sure that you're the only one doing it. If you don't call the behavior out when you see it, then I, I would say that you're not the you don't deserve the ist. You don't deserve, you don't deserve, you have to be, you have to be actively in like, I couldn't take my own behavior and be very disciplined in my own behavior without, without pushing the, without having to push that on others. Right. And you're not, you're and you, don't, you don't get the enthusiast. You're not a, <laughs> the, so, ist, the ist title confers some sort of action on your part outward. I agree that with, with whomever, whomever's opinion you read, that you, you have to do more than just take care of yourself. Now, I do I think that it's incumbent on you to be to, to bear that responsibility and improve society? No. Um, although I, I really don't like the cynical attitude of you can't expect better of people. I obviously don't live that way. Probably I'd be a lot less aggravated on a day-to-day basis if I did. <laughs> but I, I want people to want to do better and I'm, I'm you know summarily willing to help them do it, but it's tough when they clearly don't give a fuck. It's like you're not really trying to intercede when it's already been demonstrated that no fucks are given. Right. Which is what I'm telling, which I'm saying is you could, you could shout into the void or you could, or you could, or you could just be self-disciplined in the, in the ways that you believe you should be and maybe confer that on your family or immediate, you know, your immediate people without having to grab a bullhorn and walk the streets and call everybody out for doing things that that you don't believe are environmentally friendly well there's a middle ground and it's just about whether or not you want that ist title at the end of the day you have to decide is it just about you and what you can control or are you going to try to actually you know affect positive change in the world okay so i think so i hate portland oregon i lived there for years and the the place is just i hate it the people there make me crazy and here's a so here's a here's an environmental bicycle rights here's the no and Anyway, no, this was even this was even more odd. So I'm on the street with my family and I have two children and we are walking. We walk to a crosswalk and are ready to cross. 
Uh-huh. And some dude who, you know, sees us, does not slow down even remotely, and drives within about four feet of my family standing on this crosswalk. To which I shouted him, hey, the crosswalks are for pedestrians. Yeah. Portland guy, Portland top knot guy says, no, you should let them pass because if they slow down and have to speed up, they actually use more gasoline and, and it's bad for the environment. It's more environmentally friendly for them to not stop for you. I said, are you fucking kidding me? I said, keep walking, top knot Portland guy. It's like, this is, at what point that's not, that's just asinine. That is just, we live in a society. (laughs) <laughs> but which I, it was just my new favorite thing to say to people, but but that's the kind of you know that's the kind of stuff that hacks me off about this this movement. I'm just saying, you know, what's more important? Well, you, you know, just got to come with the retort. You know, well, he should be driving electric anyway, <laughs> right? So if you want to go all the way around in the circle, he still needs to stop for the goddamn crosswalk. He still needs to stop because it's the law. Correct. Yeah, and. Anyway, so 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 in terms of being a casual environmentalist, I mean, you could not drive too fast, or you could you could you know you can do lots of little things, but but is that is that going to be enough for people? Like if everybody if everybody was a casual environmentalist, I think we'd be better off, as opposed to you know. People who, I think, I think moving people toward casual environmentalism is probably a better thing than, than, you know, making it palatable for people, giving them low hanging fruit options, as opposed to this screaming match that we get between people who are environmentalists and people who are like, shut up, don't tell me what to do. Well, you should ask Man Bun. I mean, the car probably gets its optimum gas mileage at fifty five miles an hour. So should he drive through the residential neighborhood at fifty five miles an hour? Yeah, exactly. No, yeah, no. That guy's not. just a fucking idiot. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and and I agreed, and and uh, and then he and then he said something smart. Like he said, "Well, you're probably from not around here," and I'm like, "Yeah, believe you, I'm not from around here, and I'm not coming around here <laughs> very much more." That's because. an unexamined opinion. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, it's terrible. Anyway, I think people. I would. I personally would encourage people to find little ways to to cut down on plastics and all these other, you know reduce your carbon footprint in some way shape or form i mean we're we as a family are always trying to find little ways to do it and those little ways maybe turn into better habits down the road mm-hmm. that you know you find yourself not eating as much beef or you find yourself not eating or using you know you're buying Dasani <laughs> or or whatever you're buying you i know. try not to buy a water bottle in case i have virtually no other choice like a like a, a bottle of water rather. Um, yeah. Like it would be like oh hell I forgot the bottle or there's no option for me to fill it up. A huge pet peeve of mine as we previously discussed. Um, uh, like the the airport being probably the the airport's pretty good about it now. They have the bottle fillers all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. At, I, I, at, I carry uh, an empty at, at bottle. C-tac? Yeah. C-tac, car- once you're through once you're through security, it's pretty easy to do all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'll keep those, that. In those mind. bottle filling stations should be everywhere. Is actually my biggest gripe. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. we're lucky. If there's to have, a water fountain. You should have a bottle filler too. Well, we're lucky to have clean enough water to pull that off. That's All true. right. In the next segment, which <laughs> Americans are, are Americans too casual about their bedtime? 
Well, this is a, this, I thought this was a really interesting um, article from our friends at the Washington Post. Um, the people who live on the western edges of of their time zones are actually suffer. It's actually hazardous to your health. Now, which is funny as I read this is that my sister-in-law currently lives in Indiana on the very far western edge of the eastern time zone. Now, I don't think we feel it so much here in in the Pacific time because Pacific time, I mean, you, you only have to go to about Idaho to hit mountain time. Mm-hmm. But the eastern time zone is huge. So the fact that if you live on the far western edge of that time zone, like the sun stays up a little longer, you don't want to go to bed as early, where as people in New York or Boston or Maine or wherever are are going to bed at maybe more reasonable times, um, simply because it gets dark earlier there, right? So right. I was uh, as as I was sort of examining this, it's a really funny thing because the uh, the Central Time Zone is also huge. So if you live, uh, you know, in basically West Texas, your time zone's the same as you know the people uh, in Eastern Alabama. So it's it, it it was an interesting thing that you know you can have negative health effects just because of your time zone and the fact that you know your rhythms are going to be different. You know your rhythms are going to be different based on the um, you know amount of sunlight you get. Mm-hmm. But the uh, but I was <laughs> I was thinking, um, how would you fix something like this? You know, do we, do we, how could you, how could you address, how do, how would you address, time zones are just a weird thing anyway, right? Yes. Like back in the, I think it's a, it's a modern, it's a modern thing that we had to do just to get people, just to get people to work on time. I mean, back in the, I guess back in the day a, when everyone was a farmer. It's like the care. first globalist conspiracy. Yeah. <laughs> time zones. So people couldn't like work at the same time and have a, a functional day. Um, what I thought was interesting about this is I don't think I've ever really closely inspected the time zone lines and there's some weird wild deviations. It looks like a gerrymandered district in places. And I'm really curious, like how these decisions were made, particularly the transition from mountain to Pacific time between like Idaho and Oregon, where it's mountain time, like loops back on itself and then extends into part of Oregon for a minute. Yeah. Which is funny because we drove, um, we, we did a road trip for spring break that went through there. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because you do pop in and out of like you're going east, but it's right. like, hey, you're in you're in mountain time. Hey, you're in Pacific time. Hey, you're in mountain time again. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's odd. Well, my first take on this was that I like it to be light at night. Like they they get to this in the article and they talk about it might be worth it to these people to go to bed later because they have maybe more enjoyable lives because they like have more activities in the evening. And I definitely feel that way. Um, I love. You know, we both were avid golfers. We've talked about it many times. And uh, having late evening hours makes it a lot easier to get out on the weekdays. Like, if you want to go after work, it's actually a reasonable thing to potentially even play an entire round during at least a month of the summer after you leave the office. Oh, yeah. Um, That's the best part of living here. The only part I liked about living in Alaska was the fact that it was, in the summertime, it was sunny for, or, or, I mean, mean, daylight all day during solstice. But we used to play basketball until, essentially, the neighbors would insist we shut it down which is around 10 o'clock like we'd be out in the driveway just 
I can't imagine how annoying that was for the people living in that neighborhood in retrospect. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, that those kids are still out there. They're and still playing basketball. basketball loud, damn it. Right? Yeah, the basketball was very loud. Played hours. Just, yeah. yeah. No, we, we did the same and, thing. And and what are you going to do? I mean, part of you wants to say, oh, those are just kids being kids. But the uh, another interesting part of this article where they said that individuals on the late sunset side of a time zone boundary are more likely to be sleep deprived and more right. likely to sleep less than six hours. they go to bed later. They go to bed later. And uh, roughly speaking, it says, 19 minutes of lost sleep a day translates into 115 hours of lost sleep per year. And that, <laughs> and as a, as a night owl, I know I'm probably doing this to myself because I would, mm-hmm. I, would rather, I would rather sleep late. I would rather go to bed late and wake up late. Have you ever, uh, this is the beauty of being unemployed for any stretch as a as a single person like as a married person being unemployed is a little different <laughs> but yeah, you still have when i was un- stuff yeah when i was employed unemployed as a as an adult single person your sleep normalizes like you find out what you would do and for me i would go to bed about 1 30 and i'd wake up about 10 o'clock in the morning like if i could do that <laughs> i mean that's where i was comfortable i mean i just and and I liked I liked that. I mean, that's just sort of, you know, who I am. But yeah. um, but it's really funny to think that that something like this are you know makes makes a big difference. I wonder if if you would make a different um, decision for yourself if you had to move to one of these time zones. I mean, I think that it seems like on the sleep tracker that we're doing pretty well here. It's pretty normal because the Pacific time zone is so skinny. But if you had to move to like a central time zone, all things being equal, would you would you choose it? Would you choose it more Eastern? You mean would like you on this, this one side or the other of the time zone? Yeah. No, I don't care about this at all. <laughs> like I, I was actually kind of bummed out about this because I thought when I started to read it, I was like, it's interesting, um, and the data they found is interesting. But I was thinking about how it relates to me personally, and, and, and given that that's sort of a the the lens we do the show through, um, I don't care about this my, and my my sleep patterns are all effed up anyway like all bad like my, my i would say my normal night is midnight to six that's that's usually when i'm sleeping uh, uh-huh. but like there's nights where i can barely make it through the kids bedtime and i'm just done and it might not even be because i like did anything particularly physically taxing i do think that like that six hour sleep schedule eventually just catches up with me my body's like okay well i need more now and I'm i need i need a nap i yeah. need a nap yeah and i need it now yeah i've, I've recently achieved like dad napping powers where I can start to like, if I want to, I can nod off almost anywhere and, and nearly immediately. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned this last time we talked, but when I took that trip, um, I specifically, so it was a super early flight. I had to get up at like before, like before 4am, like I was on the, in the car, like Ooh. before 15. Um, I specifically didn't drink any coffee. Uh, did my routine where I barely waited, got to the gate, like, like I parked the car in the garage 20 minutes before the flight was scheduled to board. It was fantastic. <laughs> got on, uh, put my headphones on, put my neck pillow on and was asleep before the plane took off and did not wake up until the announcement for the final approach. <laughs> I, was you, like, I am a goddamn professional. <laughs> you, that was, that's, that's, that's high level. That's, that's, uh, that's advanced. And so this, I don't care about this time zone. I'm going to do my thing no matter what. Yeah. I think that, um, I mean, because we like to complain about we like to complain about winter here in in, in Seattle, where it's I hate you, the darkness. I think it makes me you, angry. 
like I realize how much better and how much I think you know everyone's in a better mood when it's it's nice out, right? That's just kind of the way sure. it is. But I I don't I was sort of self-analyzing the other day and realizing sort of how easily I was letting annoying things roll off my back because it was a sunny day, and then yeah. realizing that how like hard I grip onto things in the in the winter <laughs> when I'm just bitter and angry the whole time because it's so goddamn dark. <laughs> like dark when you come to work, dark when you leave work. That is the just worst. Dark, just yeah. dark. The sun not coming up till after nine and being down before five is is the worst like month of the year. <laughs> it's just brutal. I'll, I also call into question this study because when you look at it, obvious for obvious reasons, but when they did their study, they're like, yes, it tends to do this, um, and it. I, I think that the the central time zone supports their thesis the best. But if you look at where the darkest blue which is where people go to bed the latest uh-huh. it's centered around metro areas so who's surprised by that yeah so like you know you have dark dark blue las vegas in this like sea of, of yeah. early bedtimes um same thing like houston in texas and um all i don't know what's going on up in uh, north dakota I, there's a lot of staying up late in north dakota i think just drinking i think it's just oil <laughs> oil workers in the north in northern north dakota just drinking all night well, from my experience doing oil work, uh, it was a 12-hour day every day. And so if you were, you know, you were working from 7 to 7. And, and then they drink. Yeah. <laughs> Sleep very, <laughs> very little and get up and do it again. Winner, winner. Yeah, the, uh, you know, the, yeah, it's just, a, I, I just, I'm really interested generally in sleep. I know that we were very regimented about our children's sleep and and I tend to and I tend to envy my son who just happily goes to bed at quarter to nine and then happily rolls out of bed about seven o'clock every morning and I think I wish that my kids would sleep till seven and that's and that's a that's a kid who's generally energetic and happy all day and I think it has a lot to do with the fact that he sleeps you know good 10 and 10 hours or so you know every night i'll tell you what a couple of weeks ago i mentioned on the show that we had moved both of the, the kids downstairs so they're both sleeping downstairs for the first time and how i had a nice morning where i got up and like drank my coffee and didn't see the kids till like eight o'clock and how yeah. great that was <laughs> uh and now it has devolved into the fighting starts at 605 <laughs> it's just great just, just shouting from downstairs oh, it's like the first thing in the morning i gotta get up i'm you know half naked with the robe on trying not to yell like can i please not get out of bed and have to scold you before i even peed like, can, that be, can this not be the first thing i have to do every day the beatings will start promptly at oh. 6 50 yes the beatings will continue until you stop yelling at each other. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's that's. Oh boy, we wouldn't stand for that at all. I'd be yeah, like, it's not I, great. no, wow, <laughs> not enjoying. Quiet it. down. Yeah, get the oh, hose I'm in bed. There's mornings where I'm in bed and I'm like, don't even start. <laughs> like screaming, just yelling from the oh, bed. Laying in bed, my wife's in the shower, and I'm just at the yeah. top of my lungs. The first thing I say in the morning. <laughs> you lock that up. <laughs> screaming from your bed oh buddy i'm yelling in the vent sometimes so there's the you can hear in our house like if i shout in the, the heating vent you can hear it pretty good downstairs <laughs> so i'll be like get down next to the vent right next to the bed sometimes and i'll be yelling in that vent you hear me 
You better stop that shit. <laughs> oh my god, that is hilarious. So, oh, well, hopefully, that. hopefully that clears up at some point. Oh god. <laughs> just, just get them devices and tell them to stay in their rooms and watch, watch, you know, watch. Oh, buddy, that's like the only Netflix. time I don't let them do the the device time. That's where device time should. That's where you should devote the device time, and then at seven thirty a.m., just rip it out of their hands and lock them in a closet and say, "Okay, now you kids can fight all you want after seven <laughs> I'll consider that. Yeah, <laughs> you might consider that. All right, in segment three, we're gonna casually wrap up our actors and scenes bit. Um, thanks, uh, thanks to some of those to you who shared your uh, opinions on that online. It was, uh, it's really interesting how people see actors and actresses, especially as you know, as you've grown up with them, or. You know, but uh, we did the actors last week, but this week we're doing the actresses. And I know I think it's I think we're supposed to call them all actors these days. But um, we're going to go into we're going to talk about Meryl Streep, Julia Roberts, Sandra Bullock, Nicole Kidman and Diane Lane. So let's start with the most acclaimed and awarded of the actresses, Meryl Streep. So I did not go back and like amend my original work on this to be more in line with what you did. So I still did without looking at things up the just the most memorable scene, which yeah. is in no way the thing like it, it doesn't carry. I listened back to the show last week and it doesn't carry any of the, the connotation that you described of being their best work or the most. Just, what, just whatever you if you if you were to explain to somebody, hey, I want to I don't know who Meryl Streep is. What would you? What would you tell them to? What? What? How would no, you? No, see, I, I'm not even doing that. This is. <laughs> it doesn't matter anyway. So here, I don't even know what to tell you other than to just read my notes about what I wrote for Meryl Streep because I, <laughs> I wrote, I don't know the River Wild, <laughs> the River Wild, <laughs> the Devil Wears Prada, and I was like, I don't watch Meryl Streep movies. I just don't. I was like the- looking. Finally, I went and looked at her IMDb, and I was like, I know of all of these movies. Like I know all these titles. I know what they're about. But I haven't seen any of these movies. So Meryl, well, Meryl Street movies really aren't made for either of us, to be honest with you. But, um, but there's for me, there's something about Devil Wears Prada because uh, this particular CEO I used to work with, like for some odd reason, Meryl Streep is doing the most hilarious like voice and mannerisms <laughs> impression of this CEO. Well, she, isn't she doing an Anna Wintour impression? Yeah, but she's supposed to be doing Anna Wintour, but that's fine. But whatever choices she made as an actor come out as this other particular <laughs> CEO that I used to work for. And it's hilarious to me. And I watch it. It's a, it's a pretty entertaining movie anyway. But the whole, just the way she talks and the tone of her voice and all this stuff it just brings back a lot of you know, just resonates with me and the time I, I, I spent with uh, this particular individual. So it makes me laugh. It's just, it's just, it just, it just sinks in, but you're right. For the most part, Meryl Streep movies are not made for, for you and me. So um, I'm sure someone's out there screaming about postcards from the edge or I don't know. I mean, she's got Sophie's a stack, choice. Yeah, well, she does. She's got a stack of, of, accolades a mile high and right. and but that's just that's just what it you know you could do 
the bridges of Madison County or whatever. But that's not again. That's not a movie that I'm going to watch. No, I've never but, seen that movie. I know what it's about. I know who's in it. I've never seen it. <laughs> I've seen. A, I've seen some glimpses of. I've, if there's I've, horses in your trailer, I'm not seeing your movie. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, I, I can think of a few exceptions. Okay, so horses? I picked like I, horses, like a cowboy movie. No, like uh, horses in a like, just it's regular people shit, but there's just some reason there's horses. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not into it. You're not going for pastoral landscapes and and quiet dialogue. No. Okay, so I picked something. My choice is uh, Death Becomes Her because that's a wildly underrated movie, and more people should see it. And because Bruce Willis. That's correct. You, because, <laughs> because you love Bruce Willis. I do. Fair enough. Now this might be a little closer to our wheelhouse and that is the career of julia roberts uh i hate julia roberts you hate her i hate julia roberts i i'm for the most part hate julia roberts as well (laughs) no but not but but she's been in some good movies right i mean you you there's nothing there's nothing there's nothing in the julia roberts catalog that that appeals to you in any way shape or form even things that i might want to watch i don't watch them because it's julia roberts <laughs> like i look at it i'm like no i don't want to watch that <laughs> um I, all right so for me again picking a scene the memorable scene for me it's the necklace scene in pretty woman because that was the moment where i was like oh yeah no nope not for me <laughs> don't like laugh, anything this woman's doing that big that big laugh that's it's, the necklace scene yeah i mean like i know that it's her, her signature and and people love it and it's some sort of a american treasure or something i i i'm just i'm not he, with it he's a disconnected billionaire she's a hooker with a heart of gold you can't you, i get it <laughs> <laughs> i just don't care um i don't i yeah i mean i guess i like steel magnolias um i don't hate uh my best friend's wedding. Those are movies that I guess I could watch again. Then when I've seen them, I wasn't like, oh, I, I don't want to watch this. But uh, for the most part, I do not seek out uh, Julia Roberts vehicles. No, they do. They ch- they tend to cross in front of you, right? Like, oh, she's in Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> oh, hey, look, it's Julia Roberts. Her resume kind of is super weird. Yeah. Yeah. Like in what way? It's just there's. She's had a much worse career. I feel feel like than you would can, you would think. You think? Oh, uh, this. <laughs> I know we're not going to deep dive Julia Roberts' career, but that's that's an interesting thought. You think that you think it's all all great and whatnot, but you're but you're looking at the you're looking, I'm at, looking the at it IMDb right now, and you're not you're not impressed. It's it, it's no, I don't see. I mean, there's not a lot in here that I would want to watch if you offered it to me, and okay. that's not just my distaste for Julia Roberts. I'm just purely from a these movies are available. Yeah, for me, it's Notting Hill. Okay. That's because fair. she kind of embraces her own odiousness in that in that in that film because you're rooting for Hugh Grant to get the hell out of there like <laughs> like the whole time I was like Hugh Grant I know she's a famous actress but you should run away you should sleep with her and then you should and then you should and when she runs off you should not pursue her like I think he does the right thing during that famous I'm just a girl speech and then she walks out you should have let her go you should not have chased her after that because your life is not going to get better by hanging out with Julia Roberts. Every man wants to tame a wild stallion. <laughs> no, no, they don't. <laughs> that's a, anyway, so that's interesting. Okay. Well then this is, this is all, this is all interesting because it's, it gets a little divisive here. Sandra Bullock. What, I mean, how, what are your, what are your, what are your, uh, what are your opinions on Sandy? 
you know I love Sandy. Yeah? Yeah. Um, I would almost pick Love Potion number nine, but I have to choose Speed just because it it has, I think, my favorite Sandy Bullock line, which is the, I would, she's like, you know, if Keanu comes in after he's been under the bus, uh-huh. what's that smell? Gas. <laughs> gas? <laughs> we're leaking gas. <laughs> or whatever he says. Or she's like, yeah, we're leaking gas? He goes, we are now. And she goes, what, you felt like you needed another challenge or something? <laughs> I really enjoy that sort of. What is your problem, you doofus? You, you, you went under the, the bus and pierced the gas tank? It wasn't his fault. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, Sandy, Bull- Sandy Bullock has had a big, long career at this point. And um, I'm going to say Bird Box. No, I'm not going to say Bird Box. No, I'm lying. No, uh, the for net. me... The- <laughs> hey, that's not, a, that's not a bad movie. It wasn't the, at the uh, time. The... Uh, um, it is while you were sleeping, which okay. is the quintessential Sandy Bullock girl next door performance. Although young Sandy Bullock, I love Potion Number Nine. She is awesome. I mean, the I don't know if I've said this before, but it always crosses my mind that there's this scene at the end where she comes running out of that church with wearing that wedding dress, and it's as attractive as a person as I think you could be. I can I could <laughs> the. Uh, it's just how it's just how that whole particular scene works. But she's uh, but she toiled in relative obscurity. I remember. Do you remember um, the Vanishing? Do you remember? Yeah, movie? sure. Where where if you go to North Bend, you can actually go to that gas station. There's it's right there, on, just off the exit in North Bend. I've probably been to it many times without knowing. You, prob- you probably have been, and you're lucky that Jeff Bridges didn't kidnap you. And no, he's lucky up. he didn't kidnap you. <laughs> Exactly. So I would have brought this noisemaker. Dude, put it down. <laughs> I told you not to touch it. Uh, I told you. Uh, Stop it. All right. Nicole Kidman. Uh, I had a really hard time, so I don't like Nicole Kidman either. <laughs> so uh, the funniest thing I ever heard um, somebody say about Nicole Kidman is Nicole Kidman's the hottest girl that no one's ever jacked off to. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, Jesus. I was not which expecting is, that. Which is which is a really funny take on Nicole Kidman. I, I, she might be jerk worthy, but I, uh, it's, <laughs> but it's a, it's a funny thing to say. I enjoy most Nicole Kidman performances for the most part. I mean, because I think they do. She, do, I think she knows what her strengths are and yeah. doesn't deviate from them too much. And so that means that she's never put in too much of a position to have to do something that's outside her comfort zone. Um, and this is recency bias talking, but I really liked her in Big Little Lies. And speaking of Meryl Streep, I'm actually, as someone who's going to watch the second season of that show, uh, excited that she's going to join the cast. So maybe Big Little Lies will be my favorite Meryl Streep and Nicole Kidman performances. It might be. It might be. It might. Uh, they might kill two birds with one stone there. Uh, and not to rewind too quickly, but I did want to say that... I would watch Love Potion number nine more frequently if Tate Donovan was some other guy. Oh, dude, Tate Donovan's the worst. <laughs> so, anyway, so you're Nicole Kidman choice. Um, Batman Forever. <laughs> <laughs> or, sure. Or or Days of Thunder, which which she's a twenty like a twenty one year old neuros neurosurgeon. Yeah. Sure. But uh, I can totally believe that. Um, all right, and I mean, we don't want to give a short shrift to Diane Lane because Diane Lane 
Diane Lane's got an interesting... Uh, we all love Diane Lane, and God knows how many times I've been forced to watch Under a Tuscan Sun, which, <laughs> if I have to watch it again, my marriage might just be, like, like slightly in peril. I've seen, it, I've seen that movie zero times. I've seen it 130 times. That sounds unpleasant. It's that and The Holiday. Have you ever... You know The Holiday with... Uh, Cameron Diaz and uh, Kate Winslet. I like the holiday. You like the holiday? Well, I've seen it 130 times. <laughs> it's not that good. Ta- well, because someone in my house, if they see that the holiday is on or that Under the Tuscan Sun is on, it's coming on. Under the Tuscan Sun. <laughs> it is bad. Oh, my good Lord. Anyhow. Every time she makes you watch Under the Tuscan Sun, you should watch make her watch Unfaithful. <laughs> What? I thought we liked Diane Lane. What's yeah. the problem? What's the... <laughs> it's awesome. So my choice is a tie. And it's uh, between Murder at 1600 or uh, Just Dread. <laughs> you know, so, okay, so so let's let's do that. And I, we've, we may have had this conversation in Twitter before, but in their futuristic police uniforms, is it Diane Lane in Judge Dread or is it Sandy Bullock in Demolition Man? Uh, it's it's Judge it's Diane Lane and Judge Dredd. Really? Yeah, when it comes to the uniform situation, yeah. Actually, like, in, in fact, there's something really weird going on with uh, Bullock's makeup and hair in the future. Of, her uh, <laughs> her her eyebrows are are maybe a little are like plucked like the. Well, I just think it's intentional. She looks kind of plasticky because everybody kind of looks plasticky. Uh, but if that's the if that's the what you're asking me, then my choice that's is, what I, is that's what, that's what that is what I'm asking you. Then that my is, choice is, is Judge Hershey. <laughs> Fair enough, but you like so you like law enforcement, Diane Lee. You know me; I like action women, women of action. This is why I don't like <laughs> Streep and Kidman. I got nothing for that. Sandy Bullock yeah, for they, sure. Yeah, they gotta they gotta do. So when I was here's it's this is a funny thing. When I was young, in the days of when HBO only showed seven movies, mm-hmm. I remember those days. Yeah. The one of the movies they they showed was a movie called um, uh, Streets of Fire, starring Michael Pere and a young Willem Dafoe, and and Diane Lane plays this singer who gets kidnapped. And okay, I watched that movie like 130 times. So <laughs> the, the the there's something about Ellen Aim. She's and Diane Lane's really young in that movie she must be 19 or 20 that's right but uh but for some odd reason that always and every now and again i will there's a there's a there's this really it's a kind of a corny but dramatic but stirring song at the end of that movie called tonight is what it means to feel young okay that is uh that you should this you should go into youtube and you should watch it and it's kind of uh it's a great movie ender, and um, but she's had a great career, and and now I have to see her as like Martha Kent, like it's this old, like this this old old Diane Lane who, you know, I'm not ashamed to say it, I would totally date Martha Kent. Not, <laughs> I, I don't have a problem with this at all. She's got that silver fox thing going on, huh? She has a she has a silver fox thing going. It's like a, you know she's they're playing her as old, but yeah, it's still Diane Lane, so you know. We're, we're, I'm good with it. Yeah, my other choice is just going to be sort of her whole entire presence in The Outsiders, because that is peak early '80s Diane Lane, and 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 frankly, peak '80s like the, 
the and I don't want to be crass, but the the hot look of the '80s is very well embodied in her <laughs> appearance in The Outsiders. Just yeah. what what media was or what 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 was the popular look with women in, in that period of time was kind of all over the map, but it was the big hair and a lot and quite a bit of makeup and and. She, She's not really doing either one of those things, but she's pl- it's very much an 80s like blush situation. <laughs> yeah, because it's but it's set like in the f- the 50s, 60s, right? So, right, it's, so she's not there's enough 80s. there's enough there's enough 80s in it because it was the 80s. Right. But because they because it has that 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 50s 60s edge to it, uh that that era to it. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. I like my Harlequins to be puritanical. <laughs> <laughs> got got it. <laughs> Can I use a noisemaker during the dad jokes? Okay. Yes. <laughs> Fine. If 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 not if not during the djatwa, why not? All right. So here we go. Now comes the part where we throw our heads back and laugh. Ready? Ready. <laughs> dad jokes of the week. Woo! <laughs> oh yeah, that's my job, right? You're not starting. <laughs> no, you have to read the jokes. Oh, I forgot. I forgot how it goes. I'm too focused on pushing these buttons. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, almost. Uh, I put these in. I think these are in chronological order this week. Um, I, I was going to shuffle them around for preference, but they're almost in order of preference. So I decided oh. to respect the uh, organic nature of their deployment. Right. Uh, how do you get Pikachu on a bus? You poke him on. on. <laughs> <laughs> Detective. <laughs> Detective Pikachu in theaters soon. Uh, and then I rewrote some of these because I'm a better comedy writer than these people. Got it. Got it. <laughs> you know, I've always admired fishermen. And it's because they're real men. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Wait, wait, wait. I have a, Do we have that? Do we have that? Yeah, for sure. It's uh, <laughs> going, going well. <laughs> Uh, what did the pen say? Oh, sorry. What did the pencil say to the pen? I don't know. You're incredible. <laughs> uh, you'd think that Braille would be tough to learn, but it was easy to master once I got a feel for it. <laughs> Is that... Are you making fun of blind people? <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> what do sea monsters eat for dinner? Fish and chips. That's right. Woo! Woo! Oh, I was trying to congratulate you, but I was just gnawing the ball here. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, that won't be back next week, the the noisemaker. No, it will not. (laughs) Uh, So I've heard Prague is cool. You should uh, check it out. You should check it out. Yeah, Prague. Prague. Don't you get it? It's in Czechoslovakia. <laughs> Czechoslovakia. Yeah. I like that's how the president says it, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> I think we should all go to Czechoslovakia. And lastly, how do astronauts organize a party? I don't know. They plan it. <laughs> Right, I heard I mean, the uh, uh, I heard a different version of that punchline. It is um, Freddie Mercury, Venus Williams, and Bruno Mars walk into a bar together. 
It was a, it was a coincidence. They didn't plan it. Got it. <laughs> if only there was a planet alignment joke there, right? The stars yeah. aligned. Right. Okay. So this joke, the Dijatwa Killer of the Week. This because my daughter, who is a vegan, I uh, I came up with this one. It is the, this is a vegan talking to someone else. Vegan says, I think that meat and animal products are gross. Well, yeah, but the guy who sells fruits and vegetables at the market is a little grosser. (laughs) 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 A little grosser. Yeah, yeah, that's a stretch. (laughs) That's a stretch. Not bad, not bad. Look, they can't all be winners. <laughs> so I, at work, I don't. I used to try to write like dad jokes of the day on this little whiteboard, but yeah. I moved. I moved, and the and the and the and the whiteboard was attached to the wall, so I didn't take it with me. So now I have nowhere to to workshop to workshop my uh, my dad joke. Your process is joke. suffering. <laughs> I think next one. Next, I have a, I have a few more that 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 they'll they'll be better. I like it. All right. Well, Absolutely. I appreciate your commitment to the bit. Thank you. All right. So as we wrap up the OT, we want to give a little tip of the cap to uh, our friends Matt and Neil at uh, Reasons R who are hanging up their uh, podcast. Um, We've been listening to them for a good long time. And in fact, Matt was the one who encouraged us to try our hand at podcasting. So we'd like to thank him. And and he's done a really good job of building a, a, a really nice community around podcasting you know with him and a lot of other podcasts that we've been introduced to and who we interact with on on social media so um i'm sure he'll come back with something uh at some point i know that uh you know he really likes to do it i mean he has a lot of passion for it so after 250 episodes or whatever perhaps it was time to take a break uh i understand that completely uh but we wish him all the best and i'm sure uh you'll hear matt on our show at some point in the future, I imagine. I would that's, guess. That's <laughs> pretty much a given. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's not a stretch to say that without Matt and Matt's efforts and prodding that uh, the show wouldn't exist. Like, he, it just, I don't, I mean, we may have come to it at some point, but if you enjoy it, uh, it all credit to him for really prodding us to, to get get it off the ground and, and get together. Um, I, I've definitely always been interested in doing it, but uh, the legwork goes into it is can can seem daunting if you don't know the ins and outs and, and he kind of demystified it for me and made it feel a little more accessible. So I definitely appreciate it, appreciate his contributions to the show. He's guested on here a number of times, and now that he doesn't have a show to be on, I'm sure he'll have. Uh, you know, we can be the place where he can come vent his spleen, even if he just parachutes in for one segment to uh, get something off his chest. So that's our show, and thanks to all of you for listening to Two on Three Pod. And please know we appreciate tremendously the time you choose to spend with us. If you don't already, please subscribe. Smash that subscribe button. <laughs> And or review on iTunes. That that meme is dead now since I said it out loud, just so you know, because I'm a 40-year-old dad. <laughs> uh, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify, and don't be shy about sharing your thoughts and suggestions for the show. We'll be back next time without the noise of Paker, but with just as many shenanigans. And until then, peace! peace.